What do you love to do? Can you remember the last time you had a hobby that didn't involve an ulterior motive, that didn't involve money or hustle culture, and that made you feel maybe a little bit vulnerable and afraid to be judged? I want to hear about that story. We all have something that gives us passion, and it's my goal to re-inspire you to find the joy in your life by talking with other people about the things that make them happiest. I'm Megan Bream. This is Anything But Beige. Let's go. Hey, my name is Gabby, and I love capturing portraits of people. Gabby, thank you so much for being here. I am super excited about this episode. Me too. How's your day going so far? So far, so good, man. It's, you know, we are recording this in the tail end of summer, and I got my slippers on, so I'm a little... (laughs) Close to sweater weather. Yes, yes, and that is the best weather of all. So, Gabby Dimeke, yes? Yes. Yep. I did it right. I was so excited. So I know I, I had to make a, a YouTube video for uh, how to pronounce my name so oh, that people didn't struggle anymore. <laughs> so for those who are listening, um, one of the questions I have in my survey for guests is let me know how to pronounce your name. And the reason that I do that, it's funny you say you have that YouTube video, is that when I would go on, nobody knew how to say my last name, which is Bream. And they would bra me or bra. I was, so I just started putting in any kind of survey like, it's like frame with a B. Yep. <laughs> I'm just making my life easier. So I'm going to make everyone else's life easier. And so, yeah, super excited that I got that right. Then. <laughs> <laughs> you are a badass woman photographer who captures photos of badass women. So- yes, that is, uh, that is what gets me super excited. You know, I love taking pictures of women, talking about and uplifting women, empowering women. And so, yeah, I started this badass women series, geez, like two, two and a half years ago in New York, photographing women. And I've been working on it ever since. So let's start about, let's start with how you got into photography in the first place. Mm -hmm. Was this like a natural transition for you or did you just kind of pick up a camera one day and you're like, this is it? Yeah, so my mom gave me a camera when I was like 12 or 13 to take to a concert that I was going to. And I came back and I showed her all the photos. You know, it was a country music concert. I I grew up on a farm in Missouri, so that I grew up on country music and I still love country music to this day, although I have expanded. (laughs) My first um, concert was Travis Tritt and Marty Stewart. So there you go. So like along those lines, for sure. I mean, this would have been like or like probably like you know early 2000s 2004 2005 so um in that era of kind of the just the bridge between classic country and kind of the newer more pop type version of country music but uh yeah she gave me a camera and when i came back and showed her the photos there it wasn't of the bands on stage it was a bunch of people in the audience and she was like gabby you can't take pictures of strangers (laughs) So, uh, honestly, I've had my camera ever since then, and I've, I've never put it down. I, I just love taking pictures of people, capturing um, personalities through photography. That's just something that never gets old for me. Can we talk about uh, the gear? that? What gear have you evolved into working with? Yep. So I started on Nikon um, when I was in, you know, once I 
I kept taking photos. My parents realized after a few years, like, okay, this is something that she's really interested in. So I shot on Nikon gear. I got a D5000 camera body. They, I used that all through high school and part of college. And then when I started interning for a photographer in college, um, she, I was, I was assisting with weddings, wedding photography. And so she had all of her own camera gear, which was all Canon. And so when I would assist, she would say, um, you know, instead of bringing your own gear, you can just shoot on my gear, um, and learn the Canon system. And I did that. And once I really learned the Canon system, I became obsessed with it. And so I switched all over from Nikon to Canon and I'm still canon now it's just for me it's really intuitive with like how the camera body is set up i think the lenses are really sharp so i i'm canon all the way i am too by the way so i oh, nice. my, i grew up on nikon my mom had nikons and i don't know i was never like outright against canon i was just terrified of it <laughs> yeah but you're right like once i started using canon i was like this is so much easier it is like just even like where your hands go for like changing aperture and shutter and like the where the finger placement is like I just find the body especially to be super intuitive for like fast shooting which is like if I'm out you know shooting a concert or a wedding or something where I need to be focused it's just it's really helpful for me to have that gear and know I can rely on it completely uh, so you go from this concert <clears throat> to deciding like this is my jam this is what I love is yep. I'm going to start doing just full-time passion. Let's talk about the Badass Women series. How did that evolve? Yep. So I, I went to college for photography, graduated, and then I actually decided to go to grad school in London. And I did, I studied fashion photography there for two years, uh, which was cool, but really just like an excuse for me to travel and goof off for two more years before I became a full adult and had to start working. Uh, but once, uh, once grad school was over, I was like, okay, I got to like, you know, move, move to a city because uh, my visa was expiring in London. So I had to go back to the U.S. So I always, for my whole life, wanted to live in New York City. So I was like, okay, I'm going to move to New York. I'm going to be a photographer there. It's going to be great. So I get there. I don't have any photography jobs or contacts or network, really. So I'm like, oh, crap. I need to, like, figure out how I'm going to make a living here. And so what I did was I just I got a bunch of photography jobs off Craigslist. I networked just, like, honestly, totally random stuff just to kind of pay the bills. But in the meantime, I kept seeing all these women, like I would meet these really cool women entrepreneurs who were starting their own businesses, who, you know, they had an idea and they quit their job in, you know, corporate America to start this cool project. Or I just heard all these cool stories from these women. And I started informally, like asking them like, oh, like, you know, how did you start this? Or what was successful for you networking? Or how did you make these contacts? And kind of for my own career and livelihood, I was just kind of wanting this information to know for myself as a female entrepreneur, like kind of how to navigate that space. And so after about a year of doing that, I was like, I think I can make this into like a formal project of like photographing these women, photographing their portraits in, you know, their workspaces, their offices, their homes, and then in doing like an interview style where I asked them questions about, you know, how did, how did, what, what things if you could tell a younger self, younger version of yourself, you know, what would you say? What tips and advice would you give? And so that's how the Badass Woman uh, project of NYC began. When did you start doing this? I'm just wondering if we were in New York at the same time. <laughs> so I moved to New York in January of 2018. Mm -hmm. And then 
probably like six months into that is where I was like kind of toying with the idea, started taking some photos. And then last January 2019 is when I was like got serious about it and started like really prioritizing it, like meeting these women, taking their portraits. And then this March, right before COVID, um, I had my gallery show showing 55 portraits of the women I had photographed. Congratulations. That's fantastic. Thank you. It was my first gallery show in New York, so it, was, it meant a lot to me. And I, it, it ended up being like two weeks before COVID, and I had no idea at the time. So I'm just so grateful that I was able to, like, have the show. I would love to ask a favor of you. It is so helpful to have reviews on new podcasts as it really helps iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all of those guys find out that you're really enjoying it and that they should show it to new people. So if you wouldn't mind just leaving a quick review about what you think about the podcast, I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much again. I'll talk to you next week. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Talk about serendipitous timing. Yeah. (laughs) You might have been like one of the last gallery shows for a while. I know. It's uh, a bang. (laughs) For sure. For sure. So what have you learned from these women? Just all of these portraits and all of these lessons. Like what are some really cool lessons you've learned from them? Yeah. So one thing that I really took away is this idea of kind of betting on yourself, even if you don't have the answers or you don't have the full plan. Because I think sometimes um, women especially want to have things like really laid out and have like, you know, cross their T's, dot their I's, have the full plan in place before they maybe quit their job or take a big leap. They want to make sure and feel secure that like the thing they're jumping into is going to like have a probability of working. And a lot of these women were like, no, like I just had to bet on myself, believe in myself. And I didn't know, I didn't have the answers, but I knew I believed in myself enough to know that if there were problems that arose, that I would be able to solve those problems and just think of them as puzzles that could be solved. So that was one thing for me is like, it just gave me a lot of courage to like really go after things that I cared about and, you know, really put myself out there. But that, I mean, it can be hard. It can be vulnerable to, to put yourself out there like that. I think especially in New York City where it's uh, – we we lived there eight and a half years. We left in 2016, and um, to me, it was a sort of <laughs> killer be killed almost, but just it, in an aggressive way, but also just uh, – I hate to sound this way, but like – New York teaches you so much about being confident because if you don't go for it, someone else will. Absolutely. And like, that's what it is, can be cutthroat in that way. But like, that's one of the cool things about it is that you're totally right. It's like when I was doing a photo shoot or working on anything, you know, I, I had to go into it with all my energy and with full confidence because I totally knew that there was a line of 10 other photographers that could do the job if, you know, if I doubted myself or if I didn't feel like I was good enough or if I didn't show up, you know, full energy. So it, it's crazy, but in a way it really can motivate you and, and push you to make make much better work than you would have, you know, in, in, a, in another city. Completely. Absolutely. So one thing that you're taking away is just huge confidence in both yourself and the process, I guess. Would you say that's right? 
Absolutely, I think. And then um, one other thing that they taught me is this idea of persistence. So um, I love to tell the story about um, there is an awesome athlete. Her name's Ingrid Silva. And I knew from like very on early in the the Badass Women series that I really wanted her to be part of it. She's um, a ballerina, a professional dancer, a Nike sponsored athlete. Like she's just very cool. But like because she's so successful she's like very busy and so um i really wanted to get her in the show and so over geez over a year we tried i worked with her team and we tried to schedule it and we just couldn't make it work we probably like rescheduled it like 10 to 12 times and then finally the gallery show was on saturday the wednesday before they were like she's free for 15 minutes tomorrow if you can make it work and i was like i'll make it work so i went there photographed her in 15 minutes we did the interview digitally so that we didn't have to worry about it, you know, right then. And I, like, got the photos printed the next day and then put it, hung them in the show, like, the, the day after that. Oh, my God. And wow. so it, it was crazy because, like, that's – it's another thing that a lot of them said is, like, a lot of them said, you know, oh, if I had an invest, investor that I really wanted, like, I wouldn't be embarrassed or shy to – you know, go to their, show up at their office every single week and ask to have a meeting with them or email them or call them or write them letters until they like took me seriously. Wow. And that's something that like before I moved to New York, like I would probably be too shy to do that. Or like maybe after Ingrid's team had said like five or six times, like, oh, sorry, we canceled again. I would have been like, oh, they don't want to, she doesn't want to be in the show. It's not good enough. They don't, it's not that like, she's just busy. So I think, you know, that, that idea of like the stories you're telling yourself versus like the reality and kind of kind of going back to the confidence of like I'm going to be persistent and not be shy about that that's one thing that I that really the series helped me kind of build up can we talk more about that I think that especially for women that is such a you know I've ranted about this before but like we're supposed to be polite and we're supposed to be quiet and not rude you don't want to be bitchy or bossy you're not selling and it's to our detriment so I love talking more about this can you talk just about your experiences Yeah. So that's just one thing I think, again, with like just being in New York, like that really you kind of have to build up that like tough layer of skin and learn to not not take everything so personally. And also, like for me, like my nature is to like, you know, be more quiet, like let things kind of I don't want to ruffle any feathers or like be a bother to anyone. And so at some point, you know, depending on what the project is or how passionate you are about it, you have to be like, well, even though my tendency would be to be more quiet or not speak up about this thing, it's so important to me that actually now I'm going to, you know, project energy toward being more more vocal or more outspoken or, you know, I think for women that's especially key is like even if it might not come naturally to you to be that way or act in a more aggressive way, like there's merit to being intentional about practicing those skills so that when a time comes and you really need them, you know, you have a little bit of practice behind your belt to say, okay, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to, you know, be more vocal or, you know, whatever it may be. But I think that's really key for women especially. How have you done that? Mm. (sighs) Great question. Um, Definitely with like, a lot just doing the badass women series in general i think that helped me like because again these women were so busy and like so successful that half the time me even reaching out to them felt like a big ask like oh my gosh i'm going to take an hour of their time like that like they have to think that my little project here is so important that they're gonna actually give me their time which is super valuable Mm -hmm. so that 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 really was a big confidence boost like whenever someone wanted to be part of the project and like support women empowerment 
it was like, oh, wow, like, okay, this isn't just me kind of in my little New York apartment doing something for fun. Like, this is something that, like, people really care about and, like, is an important thing to be talking about. So that that was cool for me. It just, it really made me, you know, excited for the series. And a lot of women at the gallery show, the, the response was just really cool. Like, there were literally, like, 55 portraits hanging on the wall. So just, like, it was, like, it felt like so much solidarity between women. It's, like, wow, each woman individually is so successful, but then, like, look what we can accomplish as a whole. Like, that was really cool. And so um, they, a lot of them gave me feedback that I need to do the series in in more cities, which I definitely am going to do in the future. I think that could be awesome. That would be so cool. How do you think, you know, if we're ever able to travel again, how do you think you'll (laughs) accomplish that? Yeah, so I actually was going to do 30 portraits. I had it all lined up for San Diego, uh, for April, but of course that got canceled. So we will see this, the top cities I'm thinking about now are somewhere in California. I'm actually moving to Austin this week. So I'm definitely going to do probably 50 in Austin, which will be really cool. And it's very much like a, a new kind of tech startup city. So I think I'll get a lot of creatives. I'll get a lot of entrepreneurs there, which will be really cool. Um, and then I've, of course, I'd love to do it in London eventually, like maybe get a grant or something like that to do it there. So definitely looking to just you know, see where, where this goes. I have no timeline on it. So just kind of as my career progresses, see what other cities I can bring it to. So I want to step away from the career part of it for a second and talk about your, the artistry behind it. Like, yeah. uh, what, what interests you to photograph? Like what, what moments are interesting to you? Yeah. So with the, with the Badass Woman series in general, like that project, for me, it was really important to photograph the women like in a space that was natural to them. So when I, you know, some of them didn't want to photograph in their homes or office and that, that totally makes sense. But in that case, I would say, you know, where in New York is really important to you? Like, do you have like a special spot in the city that you like to hang out or like a restaurant or like a park that you like to go to? So for, for that series, I really wanted to, it to feel like the photograph was like them in their environment so you could get a sense of their personality and i think that translates into a lot of my work in general too like you know when i'm doing a portrait session with someone i i want it to feel like whatever you know maybe they gave me some words of like a mood maybe they want it to be more contrasty or dramatic or trying you know trying to be more out there or like maybe it's more simple and it, they want it to be more understated and just you know a simple portrait of them so Whatever, you know, working with the person that I'm going to photograph, like that's important to me to talk to them, learn about their personality, learn about their influences so that I can incorporate that into the image. And I think that that's something that like now since the whole world has, you know, an iPhone or can get a, a DSLR camera to take photos, that's what starts to separate, you know, an artist from just people that are clicking the button is like really having intentionality behind the images that you're creating. I like- I think that's really people don't get until they're way into the the grind, I guess. You know what I mean? What what recommendations? Well, okay, so let me ask you which way you want to go with this. Do you want to talk more about being a subject for a photographer, or do you want to talk more about the career part of being a photographer? Hmm. Um, let's, I could go either way, but I have a lot of tips in terms of like, if there's like someone who's like interested in photography and would like some tips, like, I think that's like a a good route that I can speak on. Let's do it. 
So okay. I am I am someone with my iPhone and I'm like, I'm really good at my iPhone. I'm going to yep. be a photographer. I'm going to get my camera. So what the fuck do I do next? <laughs> yes. So, I mean, I think iPhones and even just, you know, you know, point and shoot DSLRs and stuff like that, like that can be a great starting point. That's what I started on. That's what many of my photographer friends started on. So I think um, at the beginning, you don't want to just limit yourself and think, oh, well, I don't have like $10,000 camera gear, so I can't do this. That's not true. Like you definitely can start picking up the basics and practice just on whatever you have. If, you, if you're just going to shoot on your iPhone in portrait mode or if you're going to work up to like buying, you know, a DSLR camera body. Uh, but one thing that I did, um, geez, for probably like the first like eight years was I just photographed the people around me. So I carried my camera everywhere. I took pictures of my friends. I took pictures of us hanging out. I took pictures of my family. I took, you know, senior pictures of my friends when they were graduating high school and then graduating college. So honestly, practice, practice, practice is like the first thing is just building up like your point of view. Um, and then, you know, shooting enough so that you start having a sense of like, oh, you know, I like to shoot outdoor, you know, around sunset, like that kind of golden hour is like really like something that, you know, works with my style or, oh, I really like shooting, you know, fast paced sports photography. You'll start kind of figuring out like what you really like. Um, and then in terms of like building up the business itself, um, one thing that I did right when I moved to New York, because I didn't have any clients at all. And I was just like, I'm a photographer. People should hire me. Um, is I went on Instagram. So leveraging social media can be huge. I, I would, went on Instagram, I would DM like 100 people a day, and I would say, hey, this is my website, I'm a photographer, I'm in New York City, you're in New York City, um, I'll do a free 10 to 15 minute photo shoot with you um, as long as you tag me on Instagram, like post one of the photos and like say that I was your photographer. And so I did like 20 or 30 of those right when I moved to New York. And then that really worked. People started seeing like, oh, she was your photographer. And then, you know, someone else would post it. And then maybe that person, you know, six months later was like, hey, I, I need, you know, an engagement photographer. So then they would reach out to me. Um, but I mean, you don't always have to do free photo shoots. That's just a strategy that worked. It really expedited um, getting my clientele in New York. Uh, but even just messaging people or, um, you know, sending out cold emails and saying, hey, here are my rates. You know, I, maybe I'm doing a headshot discount this month or, you know, you could get 10% off my rates. Stuff like that, just putting yourself out there like all the time, that really helps. I would give out my business cards on the subway all the time. You know, sometimes obviously you might not want to be, if you're not, if you're more introverted, maybe that's not something you want to, the route you want to go. But it was fun for me to just, I would see someone like, oh my gosh, like, uh, there was a girl who was like walking by Times Square who had bright pink hair. And I was like, you are cool. Let me do a photo shoot with you anytime. Here's my card. <laughs> That's awesome. Did you do one with her? It's right when COVID happened. Oh. She actually ended up being a stage manager for like a Broadway show. That's why she was walking around Times Square. She was like leaving one of the theaters. Um, and she was like, let's set one up, you know, after COVID. I was like, fair. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, my God. That's so cool. It's I love when that just happens. It just comes together, you know. Yeah, and, like, you never know who you're going to meet or even just going to, like, I would go to networking events that weren't specific to photography. It would just be business ones. And then you never know when someone's going to be like, oh, actually, you know, my company needs a photographer to do headshots for everyone. Or, oh, I have a friend who's a photographer. Like, let me connect you guys together. So really just putting yourself out there 24-7 is, like, key. So let's talk about the photographer community online. What is yeah. What has your experience been with that? 
So in New York, I joined a group called ASMP, which is American Society of Media Photographers. And that was really good to um, kind of get a baseline standard because like I had, I came from St. Louis, Missouri, where I'm from, where rates were different, right? Like you can charge a lot more in New York City because the cost of living is so much higher. So that was good for me to kind of build a circle of photographers and, you know, just like ask questions if I needed to like hey I was charging you know $50 an hour to assist in St. Louis but you know then they're letting me know oh actually no you can charge 75 an hour like in New York because of like the different rates and stuff like that so I think it but I also have seen the perspective of photographers where it is very kind of like oh I don't want to tell you my secrets I don't want to give away my presets like it's kind of like all for you know oneself type of mentality um but I, for me, it's like photography is like such, everyone's going to have such a different perspective and their photos are all going to be so different that like, I don't really have a problem sharing that kind of stuff because I just feel like the more that we can teach each other, like the more everyone's learning. Um, so I, I'm always down when people, you know, some people will DM me or, you know, message me and say, Hey, you know, how, how did you edit this? Or, you know, what preset would you use for this? Or how would you photograph this next time? What lens do you really like? And I love sharing that kind of stuff just because it's, you know, it's helping people out. And I started there. I remember being the person that was starting there, you know, messaging photographers being like, how do I learn how to shoot my camera on manual? And then being like, here, you know, let me help you. So I like to give back in that way too. That's so cool. And I, I agree. I think that the people that shut off being part of the community, it's to their detriment of, I'm not a photographer, but just, you know, marketing or whatever, blogging. Oh, for sure. It, yeah. and, that, and that's, that's totally not selective to just photography. That's anything, mm -hmm. right? It's like, I just feel like, it, you know, we life is so short and we have only so much time to live. Like, why not be sharing all the knowledge that we're gaining and be communicating with each other and like just sharing? Like, that's so much more important to me than to, you know, oh, well, I know this one secret about photography that no one else knows. It's like, no, I'd rather I'd rather have other people to talk about it with. Love that. So let's go to the other side of it. Let's talk about being a subject for a photographer. Yes. And a lot of people are doing this for Instagram. You know, they want to be influencers. They want yep. to have good product or not product photography, good photos. Um, yep. How do you suggest finding a photographer and how do you suggest making sure you're maximizing that opportunity? Yes. So finding a photographer, it there's like a million ways nowadays because there's like a million photographers. Um, but honestly, like I really love just looking on Instagram and I'll do location based. So like when I decided to move to Austin, I just started looking up like Austin portrait photographers and kind of like seeing what the style was. Um, but it kind of depends for like what you're looking for. So um, if you're looking for wedding photography, I tend to tell people to check on the knot. They have a pretty much like thorough database of every single city. Um, of photographers everywhere. Um, but another thing that uh, I think has a lot of merit too is asking for recommendations from like people you trust. So whether that's like posting on Facebook and being like, hey, like I want to do family photos or, you know, I want to do a photo shoot for, in for my Instagram like influencer page, like who are photographers you've worked with? And once you kind of have some photographers in mind, um, there's definitely some key things to ask to make sure that they're going to match your style. So you want to look at portfolios of like images that they've shot. So, you know, if you go on their website and you want to do like an Instagram influencer type of shoot, you know, very fashion-y, 
and the only thing you're seeing on their website are like senior pictures, then it's like, well, you should definitely ask them for like the types of photos you're looking for to make sure that these are the like kind of images you want. And then another thing I tell people too is to like make a Pinterest mood board and send that over to your photographer because that can really help them know like how to do the shoot because sometimes you know the general population might not know what golden hour lighting is or super bright or super contrasty they might not know all those terms but they might be able to see a photo and go like i want it to look kind of like this photo so that can help you just like communicate with your photographer to kind of plan out the shoot um and then yeah you just want to talk talk through everything so location time of day is it going to be midday where it's going to be really contrasty or is it going to be sunrise or sunset where you have a really nice warm glow is it going to be indoor in a studio with some lights like thinking about all those things can really change the mood of the images and you know your photographer wants to plan for all that stuff maybe they need to bring lighting outside you know maybe they're lighting a sunset and they need to have some external lights or you know just Thinking about the things that you're going to incorporate in your photo shoot, you know, can really help to make sure that you're going to get what you want because like photography can be really pricey. So you want to make sure if you're going to make the investment that you are getting the images that you're going to use for your website or what your brand, whatever it is. That's something I wanted to talk about too. So I think that for people who have not worked with a photographer before, there's an assumption of I'm paying for the time and then I get all the images. And I think that a lot of people just don't realize that it's it doesn't really work that way. It's more like you pay for the time and then you get a selection of images. And so can you just kind of just talk about that process too? Yes. And that totally brings up something I forgot to mention, which is that you should look over your contract and see what it says, right? Because so many photographers have different packages. Like my package that I offer for all my photography includes, you're right, a selection of the digital files. So, you know, other photographers offer different things. They might say, okay, you know, you get 30 digital files and then you get 50 prints. So you want to think that through too, because, you know, if you're just going to be posting all the images on your website and your Instagram, you don't need like 50 prints of it. But if these are family photos that you want to hang up in your living room and, you know, getting prints is pricey, but that's included in this photographer's package, that's going to make more sense for you to do. So yeah, you're totally right. Um, basically what, what a photographer is going to do is they're going to come, you know, meet you on the shoot, do, you know, anywhere from a 30 minute shoot to a two hour shoot with you. And then they're going to go home cull down the images so they're going to delete all the blurry ones the ones where your eyes were closed and then they'll pick up you know the top typically you know an average photographer will be it'll be about 30 percent of the images they took so if they took a thousand images on the shoot you know they'll pick the best like 200 two to three hundred if they took you know 500 photos it's going to be you're going to get maybe like 50 to you know 200 you know it, so it, it just depends it depends you know the photographer's style whatever their contract says some photographers give like 10 images you know that's just they have a really selective process i tend to give a ton of photos so like you know i just did a senior picture shoot yesterday and we did it was an hour-long shoot they're going to get like 200 photos so it really just depends. But yeah, you want to make sure you know what you're getting, you know, when you book the shoot. Definitely. And I think that that's an excellent segue into, I booked the shoot, put my money down. We figured out the location, the date. I'm going out. How do I not look ridiculous in a picture? 
Yes, this is key. And okay, so one tip I like to say goes not even just for like doing a photo shoot, but just like if you're taking like photos on your selfie or like selfies on your iPhone. Um, So if you're I'll start with that and then I'll move to like in the photo shoot. So if you're just taking photos or like have having your partner take photos of you, you know, for the gram, um, things that help are being outdoor and natural light or if you're indoor standing right next to a window is really good because then you'll get natural light which like really just like smooths out any harsh lines on your face it's just really flattering and then when they're holding the like the phone or the camera if they could do it at a little bit of an angle of looking down on you that's always like a really flattering angle to do it's just slightly looking down at the person but not nothing crazy not you know overhead just a slight angle um, and then when you're at the shoot one thing that really helps is to just like try to relax a little bit and like maybe like loosen up so one thing that happens is people get really really stiff and then their shoulders are like up here because they're a little bit nervous maybe they don't do photos too often so the first thing that you want to think is just to breathe and relax make sure that you're at a good posture so your shoulders are back you know you're standing in a nice posture but you're not tense and you're not slouchy so just trying to remember to have because I think you know a lot of us just in normal sitting you know tend to like slouch a little or have bad posture so it's just you want to think relaxed, you know, nice pose, but make sure your shoulders are back. Um, And then have the photographer alternate your expressions. So go from, you know, do some really smiley to some soft smile to a serious to, you know, a more candid laugh and kind of rotate those around. Because sometimes if you're just doing the same pose for a long time, you it starts to go crazy. So like maybe you're smiling and then after smiling for like three minutes, you're like this kind of thing. And it like it's like the cheeks are hurting. So again, rotating out from those poses will make you like you'll calm your muscles a little bit and you can it it looks a little bit more natural, too. I you just reminded me, I had a photo shoot in California once and um, the photographer was trying to get me to do different poses and she said, okay, I'm going to have you laugh, but how I tell people how to do this, it's a tip for people who need to do this, um, I'm going to step away from the microphone because it's getting really loud. But she says, just go, ha, really loudly <laughs> <laughs> because it's so ridiculous. You'll naturally laugh from it. And so, Yep. I'm in California. I was in Palm Springs going, ha! <laughs> Just like... And that's the thing, too, is, like, you also need to go into the shoot with the mindset of, like, uh, I might look a little ridiculous during parts of this, but, like, it's okay. If you if you walk by, if someone walks by and you're laughing like a crazy person, they're going to go, oh, that's kind of a weird person, and then continue walking and never see you or think about you the right? rest of their life. Absolutely. So, and like, that's if they're on your Instagram fans, then they got to see you in person. So Exactly. So it's just, like, for me, I just tell people if they're feeling really awkward or uncomfortable, it's, like, laugh, do a spin, twirl around. Like, it, it doesn't matter. We can, we can have fun and not be really self-conscious. So I think that's one huge key, too. Yeah. Uh, I completely agree, but I want to segue into your background freebies, and can we talk about yeah. all of these offerings? Okay, so I just uh, started a bunch of fun giveaway things on my website. Um, one of them is my background freebies, so I also did food photography when I moved to New York for like a year just to like pay the bills. I randomly started doing food photography, which ended up being awesome because I got free food all the time. Um, but I did a fun collab with a cookie company, and I took some really cute pictures of like cookie dough, cookies, and there's like 
pink and sprinkles all over the place and they're just really fun. So yeah, if you go to my website, um, it's gabbydiamondkeyphoto.com slash links. There's tons of freebies. There's, um, yeah, those backgrounds that you can, there's a desktop background for your computer. There's a phone background, which honestly I had to take it off my phone because I kept looking at my phone and being like, I want a cookie. So it was kind of a little not great uh, for my diet, but uh, they look, they're really fun and, and playful. And then, yeah, I always have new stuff that I'm throwing up there. I did a pink preset giveaway for a Lightroom preset. So if you use Lightroom mobile or Lightroom on your desktop, I gave away some pink presets um, that are very, like my style is very like pink and colorful. So there's some presets that I had made that I did giveaways for. So yeah, I'm always doing fun stuff like that on my website and on my Instagram as well. So if people have more questions, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, so if you have questions, you want to chat with me, you want to learn more about photography, all that good stuff, um, you can message me, you can send me an email, or you can message me on Instagram. So my all my social media is at gdimes, so G as in Gabby, dimes as in the first few letters of my last name, Dimeke, with a Z at the end, and then my email is just gdimes at gmail.com, so you can drop me a message there as well. And they'll be in the show notes too, but perfect. This has been so amazing. I feel like we have so much more to cover, and yet we've covered so much. Like, what else do you think that we should talk about before we end the show? Oh, oh my gosh. Probably just reiterating, uh, just women empowerment in general is super important to me. And even with everything that's going on now, not just with women, but just making sure that we're empowering minority groups and that we're being equal and fair to everyone. Like, I just think the world is so, like, in a disaster right now with coronavirus and everything. I just want to always make sure that I'm putting good energy out into the world. And I just want to make sure, too, that, like, even if it's with, you know, my photography or my business, whatever I'm putting out into the world, I just want to make sure that we're all projecting equality and making sure that, you know, with, with everything that we do, we're trying to include everyone because the world is just a better place when everyone's included and we get to share everyone's ideas. That is the perfect way to end this. Thank you so much. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for chatting with me. Yeah, definitely. And everyone go check her out. She is an amazing photographer. You have to go see her prints. They're amazing. Thank oh, you thank so you. much. <laughs> Hey guys, one thing before you go, at the end of every month, I'm planning to do a Q&A special answering all of your questions, either about what we just talked about or anything in between. I'm happy to hear back from you and help you out if I can. If you could do me a favor and go to thebeigehouse.com slash askmegan, you can leave your comment or your question. I'll be able to answer it on the next Q&A episode. Again, the address is thebeigehouse.com slash askmegan. Askmegan is all one word. Thank you so much. I look forward to On the next episode. By whatever the news is telling us. And it's very hard if we're constantly plugged into that to settle. So I really recommend for most people, most of us can stop at sunset. And then we can unplug from that and we can start relaxing and we can do some of these self-care habits.